What's up, Stranger Talk? Welcome to episode 24, 23, I think. I think this is episode 23 or 24. Yeah, this is 24, I think. But this episode is going to be different. I mean, episode 24, this episode, episode 26, will be different. Because we'll be talking about, because all of those segments will be about Eddie Munson. So, you know. The great 1980s Dungeons & Dragons panic in an era of of potent concern over internet, you know, the word and cyberbullying and drugs, it is hard to imagine a game being controversial, controversial, but, but 40 years ago, I mean, over 40 years ago. I think it was over 40 years ago. This wasn't 1982. Yeah, it's 40 years ago. Yeah. 40 years ago, Dungeons & Dragons was the subject of full-on moral panic. Writes Peter Ray Allison. Okay. At the beginning of the the 1982s, at the beginning of 1982's E.T., a group of teenage boys are including are indulging in a role-play game featuring, di- featuring dice and spells and sounding a lot like Dungeons and Dragons. They indulge in banter as they wait for, for a pizza delivery to arrive. This incoherence says this deception the depiction was a far was a far cry from the last nature converged that was to come. Back in 1974, Dungeons & Dragons was arguably the first true role-playing game. Players took on the mantle of adventurers from, from a multitude of races and occupations. My stupid language, my stupid accent. I mean, each game had a dungeon dungeon master who would who would act as both a referee and a storyteller. By 2004, aka the year I was born, it was estimated that the game had been played by over 20 million people. Today, any veteran veteran player from the game's early years would speak of its positive attributes. It was based almost entirely in the imagination. It was social, no screens were involved, but in the 1980s, the game came under an extraordinary sustained assault from the fundamentalist religious group who feared its power over young minds. In 1979, 16-year-old child prodigy James Dallas Egbert III disappeared from his room at Michigan State University, a private investigator, William Dare, Deere, was hired by James's parents to find their son. Despite apparently knowing little about role-playing, James, dear, beloved that D&D was caused because of Egbert's disappearance. In truth, Egbert, oh, suffered from among other things you know things that like i mean depression max was going through that in stranger things 4 
I don't know about the other thing. And had gone into hiding in the utility, in the utility tunnel under the university. During an episode of, I'm not saying that, that's kind of sensitive. The well-publicized episode referred to as the steam tunnel incident prompt a number of works of fiction, including the note including the novel Mazes and Monsters in 1982, Tom Hanks' film of the same name. Egbert later died from, oh my gosh, I'm not saying that, it's kind of, I mean, you guys can look this up, Egbert's, you know, you can look that up, Egbert D&D, just search up Egbert D&D incident, something like that, that'll happen in 1980, okay, Despite the evidence regarding his, yeah, some activists believe Egbert's, well, that's kind of sensitive too. In 1982, high school student Ivering, Ivering Lee Pulling, oh my gosh, he died too. Despite an article in the Washington Post at the time committing hope pulling, of pulling have trouble fitting in. Mother Patricia Pulling believes her son's caused by him playing D&D. Wow. Again, it was clear that more complex two were, were, at, were at play. Victoria Lord Charlie, a classmate of Ivan Pulling, com- com- commented that he had a lot of problems anyway, and that weren't associated with, with the game. At first, Patricia Pulling attempted to sue her son's high school principal, claiming the curse place placed upon her son's character during the game run by the principal's reel. She also sued TSR Inc., the publishers of D&D, despite the court dem- Dismiss, dismissing these cases, Pullen continues her campaign by forming bothered again about D and D, bothered about Dungeons and Dragons B A D D in 1983. Pulling Pulling described D and D as fantasy role playing game as a fantasy role playing game which uses. You know all that you know dark stuff. Uh, I'm actually I'm actually a Christian, so I'm not gonna say any of those words. Homosexuality? What the freak? I mean, homosexuality is okay now. It's great. It's great now. I mean, there are a lot of people that are homosexuals out there. It's great. I mean, it adds a bit of color. Great. I support all of them. Support all of you guys. Pulling and Bad um, launched an intensive, intensive media campaign through conservation. Christian, Christian out, outlets, at, as well as mainstream media, including an appearance on Current Affairs show, 60 Minutes Opposite D&D, co-creator Gary Guy Gatz. In, in 1985, John John Quigley, 
of the Lakeview, Lakeview Full Gospel Fellowship spoke for many opponents when he claimed the game is an occult tool and opens up young people's to influence or possession by that word. These fears also found their way into UK fantasy author KT Davies. Davies um, recalls showing a Vicar a game fig- gaming figure to like D&D to worship. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, that guy at the bottom of the no. Yeah. Veteran role player Andy Smith um, found himself in the unusual position of being both a role player and a Christian. While working for a Christian organization, I was told to remove my role playing books from the shared accommodation as they were offensive to some of the other workers and contained reference to. Wow. I mean, that's all not true. Looking back now, it's possible to see the tendrils of a classic moral panic and some elements of a slightly esoteric world of role-playing did stir the imagination of panic, panicked outsiders. Since fantasy f- typically featured activities like magic and witchcraft, D&D was perceived to be a direct opposite to biblical to biblical precepts and established thinking about witchcraft and magic, says Dr. David Walter, lecturer in history and anthropology at um, Federation University of Australia, and author of role-playing games and the Christian right community formation in response to a moral panic. This, the, there are, there was also a view that that youth had had an inability to distinguish between fantasy and reality. While the wilder claims about the nature of D and D tended to emanate from evangelical groups, um, they, sorry, my pronunciation is wrong. Like, yeah, yeah. They promoted wider, wider suspicion. The memes from these campaigns um, pro, proliferated, and okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, gotta stop, stop stuttering. Being published largely uncritically in the initial stages led to a wide-ranging list of bizarre claims, says Waldron. For example, that when a character died, you were also likely to do the thing. Don't, like, never do that. Never do that. Don't do that. Okay, I'm not going to say that word. The claims being made about role-playing games did not go unchallenged. Author Michael, Michael Stackpole was a vocal, was a vocal dissenter. Criticizing Patricia Pulling in Bad in 1990, Stackpole published the published a Pulling re- report in which he documented numerous errors made by Bad and accused Pulling of 
miss of misrepresenting her credentials as an expert witness on the game. Studies by the American Association of of Suicidology, the the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Health and Welfare Canada, all found no casual link between D&D and that word. D&D continues to be debated in U.S. at least in the 2010, the United States Court of Appeal for Seventh Circuit appealed a ban on D&D by Walpole Correctional Institution. Captain Morosky, the, the, the institution's gang, gang specialist, testified that D&D can foster an inmate's obsession with escaping from the real-life correctional environment for esteemed hostility, violence, and escape behavior, which is all not true. But public, but public perception has changed. If people have any kind of negative view of role-playing today, it is much more likely to be about the supposed geekish overtone rather than fears for, san- for sanity of the players. The students who, who played D&D in the 1990s are, are now grown up into respective, respectable careers. The view of role-playing games have changed, has changed over time, says Smith, mostly because the predictable streets awash with, with the blood of innocence, of innocence as a horde of, you know. And then that's all I have. This, this article came from BBC News Magazine. and and that my friends is the end of episode 24 see you later and rest in peace Eddie Munson our dungeons master and I'm sure you guys don't believe any of that stuff from the article you know about the the that guy from the below and associated with D&D. It's all not real. Not, none of that stuff actually is real. I mean, the stories from the 1980s are real. They're all real. But, but now all of it's cleared up. And all they, and now all they basically make fun of D&D is about the geekish style of the game. So basically, we're all geeks. If you talk about it, we're all geeks. And no one might get you down about that. I don't let anyone get me down about that. So, yeah. Bye, guys. 15 minutes. Dang. Forgot. Over and out. Over and out, friends. <laughs>